This is the show with Cannon Brown. What is up, guys? It is your favorite uh, podcaster, Cannon Brown. And uh, your favorite podcaster is about to tell you something that you don't really want to hear from a guy that's talking on a podcast, but I've got the sniffles. Um, I went to a jackpot show this past weekend, woke up yesterday morning, and I don't know, guys, you know how it goes. I mean, you come back from a show, even a small one, and you just get hit hard by something. You don't really know what it is, so I'm a firm believer on uh, just going to the grocery store. I work at a grocery store, so I don't even have to go anywhere, and just loading up on all the cold medicine that I can. I mean, because if you just take more uh, than the... uh, amount that they say, it clears you up like that. Um, And please don't take my word for that. Please don't, um, please don't do that. Because I can do that. I can't do that. I mean, it's not really allowed. uh, But I do it anyway. It's the most effective way of getting rid of a cold is if you just take more than the package says. And I may be wrong. I might be dead wrong. uh, But that's what I'm doing. And I have the sniffles. So I'm sorry, you're going to hear me. I'll try to edit it out. We're we're going to we're going to see how it goes. Um I had a great interview this this past week, guys, and I hope that you agree with me on that and I've gotten a lot of great feedback. Uh I've been talking to Sam a couple days uh since the uh episode was released and he is pleasantly surprised by the amount of uh people that have been contacting him. And telling him that they heard it and loved it. His old judging team, he said, it, has been listening to it and they love it. I'm, I'm just glad it's kind of getting out there. And I'm glad that uh, the people in Sam's life can hear that and kind of hear him express himself the way that he wants to. And he told me, uh, actually today I called him and, and was telling him kind of the downloads that he's gotten. Because guys, I mean, you guys have knocked it out of the park with, with Sam's episode. It, I mean, it's gotten a lot of downloads and, and it's it's certain to be one of the favorites uh, from the listeners, but I was talking to him and he was just, he was overwhelmed and it was awesome. I I mean, I like that. I I like it to be overwhelming with the amount of positivity that you can get from one of these deals. And, and he was saying that it, the, the last part, the uh, uh, number 54, uh, I guess that hit home for some people and I'm glad, I'm really glad. And, uh, and I've been told that, uh, that his words were kind of an inspiration to a lot of people and and his spirit was an inspiration to a lot of people. And I've been told by him and many other people that he, I mean, he's been out of people on Snapchat and adding them back. So I think he said he got like 200 new people on Snapchat um, from just the interview. And I thought that was funny because I haven't even added them on Snapchat yet. I haven't gotten around to it. Uh, But I'm, I'm glad that Sam's kind of getting that recognition, and I bet he's funny as heck. I mean, I need to get him on Snapchat sometime uh, because if he's as funny on Snapchat as he is on Twitter, I'd, I'd probably be pleasantly surprised, honestly. But, yeah, I, I, I'm excited to talk about Sam's interview, so uh, let's do it. His heart is an ocean that's inside a bigger ocean. First of all, we kind of started the interview off a little wild. I mean, for around, for around 10 minutes, we just talked about Red Dirt Country and Twitter. And there's nothing wrong with that, I guess. I mean, 
Uh, I like to get perspectives of these people. I, I don't want to just talk about livestock, guys. And I think you, my listeners that have been listening to me since the beginning, know that. I, I don't want to talk about just livestock shows and livestock all the time. I want to know these people's lives and their interests and everything like that. So that's why I like to talk about uh, different stuff outside of the industry. But we spent like 10 minutes talking about Twitter and Red Dirt Country. And it was awesome. I loved that portion of the podcast because I love Red Dirt Country uh, Texas country. Uh, I mentioned that I went to tech for a little while. If you've ever been to tech or, uh, uh, Lubbock, Texas, you got to know what blue light is. And, uh, I mean, that's, that's a hub for Texas country. I saw a lot of bands play there and it was awesome. It was sweet. I love that music. And if, if you guys haven't heard any of it, I would recommend it because it's some good stuff, uh, comparable to, uh, like the pop country that's out right now, I guess you can call it. the mainstream country. And uh, Sam isn't a big fan of the mainstream country. You just listen to the lyrics and you're like, this guy's just telling story after story instead of like the shit you hear on the radio and it's like, ah, let's go drink beer. And it's all like, oh, dude, it's just gotta get so... him, Got to get him a big truck, go four-wheel well, like, drive. Dude, I don't know, nowadays it just seems like they're like super... Uh, it's pandering. It's like cringy. It's Dude, like it's cringy. pandering ever, cringy. It's just the most cringy shit. And I'm like, man, this isn't, there doesn't take any skill to listen. Like, um, I just feel like I'm cooking brain cells when I listen to that stuff. But he doesn't have to be a fan of the mainstream uh, country. That's all right. I mean, he, he doesn't have to be a fan of everything. And you, I mean, you don't even have to be a fan of, of Red Dirt Country. You can like modern country. I mean, you do you. Music taste is so weird for some people i mean everybody has a different taste in music um so i mean you do you but one thing that sam did say was he's not a huge rap fan um he said he'll listen to it in the barn uh if he's clipping or something like that or washing and he's working with a lot of people but i guess he just doesn't like it on a daily basis and that's where i have to disagree with sam because i mean i can get down uh to some rap and that sounded so incredibly white, uh, but I really, I mean, I like it. I like to dance. You can ask all my friends. I love to dance. I like to get out there. Um, yeah, you, you throw some, you throw some uh, good jams on. I'm gonna be out on the dance floor pretty soon. But one other thing that I thought was interesting about uh, Sam's life was that for how comp- he's got, he seems like he has a competitive drive in him, but he didn't play sports in high school. Uh, which I thought was really interesting. I mean, he said that he played, I want to say he played football at, at the beginning of his uh, high school career. And I think he said he got tackled too hard one time and just said, nah, that's not for me. And I completely understand that. I mean, I always wanted to play football. I, I was I played baseball and I played lacrosse. And please don't make fun of me for playing lacrosse. I know it's like the East Coast sport, but uh, it was really fun. But I played baseball and lacrosse, and I always wanted to play tackle football, guys. That was my dream. But uh, my mother, mom, if you're listening, she would not let me play football. She did not want me to get hurt. And I got to preface this by saying, yes, I am a mama's boy, all right? She could tell me to go jump off a cliff, and I'd do it. That's There's no question. So when she said, "Don't you're not playing football, I was like, all right, I'm not playing football. Looking back, I wish I would have played. Uh, but... Hearing Sam's story, I don't know, maybe I wouldn't have. I mean, he said he went to one one practice, got hit too hard, and he was done. 
He was like, yeah, I'm going to stick with this livestock deal. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to go hit, get hit by Big Jim out there on, on the uh, defensive line. What do you think Sam was playing? He's a scrawny little sucker. I mean, in terms of positions, he doesn't really fit anything. I mean, he could maybe be like a tight end or a wide receiver. I mean, he's not big enough for a tight end. He's he's pretty tall, though. But, I mean, I could see him just getting clocked out there. And, Sam, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry, but that's just how it is. I mean, we all saw the picture of you perching up on that fence post that I posted on uh, Instagram and Facebook. You're a little skinny guy, all right? I mean, it wouldn't take much to just knock you over. And and that's uh that's not that's that's there's nothing wrong with that. That's okay. You you knew that you were Sam knew that he was tired of getting hit <laughs> repeatedly in football, so he's like, "You know what? I'm going to stick to uh showing livestock." And that brings me to an interesting point is because I've talked about this idea with a couple of other people, uh, two being um, Brett Kaysen, Dr. Brett Kaysen, and Alan Poe. I think I talked about this uh, with them in their interviews. And we talked about kids, um, or rather high school kids, playing sports and also uh, being involved with showing livestock. And it's hard to balance that. And there's a lot of kids around the country that do balance that, and I commend them for it. I tried to balance it for a little bit. I really, I really tried to balance it for a little bit until my sophomore year of high school when I looked at myself and I was like, you know what, I'm not going to get a scholarship for uh, playing baseball collegiately. I'm just not good enough. And I'm definitely not going to get a scholarship for playing lacrosse because I was not good at that. All I want to do is hit people when, when I played lacrosse. I was not good at the fundamentals. I, I knew the fundamentals, but I wasn't, it wasn't anything flashy. So I just had to kind of look at myself and be like, well, what's what's going to get me to college? And the answer was agriculture. The answer was livestock judging collegiately. And I think a, a, a lot of kids kind of go through this. And some of you listening might be going through this right now, showing livestock and playing sports. It's hard. It's hard stuff. And, and you just have to figure out a, a way to balance your time. And Sam was like, nah, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. I'm good with people saying, you know what, I'm just going to stick to one thing. And that's so unlike his personality, I guess. And I know I'm bouncing around here. But throughout the interview, Sam was kind of saying, I'm a, I just like to be in everything. Uh, I like to do everything. But I, I think the line is drawn at, at uh, probably getting mowed over by, by a 220, 240-pound football player. That's probably where the line's drawn. But after he kind of figured out, you know what, I, I want to stick to livestock shows, he showed a couple. He, he, I mean, he was showing for a couple years, and, and he, he, I mean, he talks vividly about that one steer that he got. That one steer that got him into it, that he just, that he worked for, for a year on, that he just, he dedicated his life to fitting the steer, making the steer comfortable, growing the hair on this steer making sure that this steer was going to be the best that the best that he ever had. And that's one way to do it. I mean I mean if you want to get into it, if you want to really appreciate this show industry, if you want to really see what you can do, see what you can put in and achieve, do it. Spend a year on an animal or if you have a pig, spend eight, 7 to 8 months, 6 months 
six to eight months. I mean, spend every day with that animal. Bond with it. Love with it. Love on it. And don't get weird. Just pet it behind the ear. All right? Don't get weird. <laughs> but I thought it was really interesting. Because, I mean, and I and I know I'm kind of taking this back to just everybody's life, but we all have that one animal, I think. We all have that one distinct animal that we can think about the change, the change that we had. There was that one animal that you can that you can think about or two animals that you can think about at a time that really just puts you into it. You were like, "Wow. I see what I'm I see what the reward is if I put the work in here." Or it's just a bond, a, a, a fresh bond that you've never had with an animal before, and it changes you. I know that happened to me a couple times. I mean, you get I would get a guilt sometimes, and we would get them pretty young. And, I mean, the, the, all, my pigs, like, they knew me, and they knew my uncle, and they knew my stepdad, basically. I mean, th those are the only people that were in the show barn. So we were able to kind of bond with these animals on a daily basis, and it was awesome. And it's, I mean, it's the best way to kind of get you fired up about the industry and about like what's to come of the industry. I don't know. I'm kind of dragging on on this, but I think it's really important. I really do. And I don't mean to just drag on this, but I do think that there, there's certain, there's certain times or certain animals, um, in your show career that just, you, you get the change. Something clicks. It's either you're like, Oh my gosh, I want to go full bore into this. I want to start raising these things. Or it could just be, yeah, yeah, I want to show for, I want to show next year. Or maybe I want to try the jackpot circuit. I mean, it can be minimal and it can be huge. And in Sam's case, I mean, the reward was huge for, for working hard on, the, on that one steer that he had. And I'm sure he had more, but he, he, really, he really talked about this one steer that kind of got him in the eyes of the breeder that he got him from. Uh, and then kind of got him in front of other people around the country when he was looking for work. I mean, if you guys recall the episode, when he talks about just being out of junior college early and trying to just find a job. I mean, he's trying to find a job and he's looking around for his connections and he's looking around for for names and numbers that he can reach out to, to that need some help. And it's from the breeder that he got that one steer from that he worked his tail on that got him a job to go, I think it was Mississippi at first. And since then, he's just been traveling. He's, I mean, he's a traveling sucker. He's been going, uh, what did he say? I have the notes right here. He said, uh, oh, bear with me. He said like Wyoming, Mississippi. Oh, here we go. I got uh, Mississippi, Wisconsin, Iowa, Illinois, Oklahoma, Indiana, Wyoming I mean he's just been he's been moving and this is all just like working for different people uh, working for different uh, operations he's staying busy but the one call that he made the cold call that he made to get to OIE 
I mean, that's a wild story, isn't it? I just straight up drove down here, man. Like I didn't, I was trying to, I knew a couple people and I, you know, I knew I could, you know, get on maybe at express and whatnot, but like, I just drove down there and, uh, I was trying to just find a place to work and, uh, called up Jeff Boddicker. I'm like, Hey, do you know anybody? And this was like in March and, and at the time. And he's like, well, just give Colby Collins a call. And I'm just like, I'm just cold calling this dude. He has no idea who oh, I am. Gosh. And I'm like, I give him up, I give him a phone call and I'm like, Hey, this is Sam Burmeister. I know you don't know who I am, but I, uh, I know Jeff Barker real well. Uh, I showed some steers for him. I didn't know if you were looking for any work. And he's like, ah, oh, man, I, I don't know. There's not really much to do around the ranch right now. But I'll tell you what, you just you come to OI, can you fit? And I'm like, yeah, I guess. And he's like, uh, well, you come to OIE and you help you help us fit some steers. And uh, we'll see how you do. And I'm like, all right, cool. So I show up and um, fit a leg. And he's like, all right, you're hired. And, and we ended up fitting like 20 more ahead that day. <laughs> of like, course. Dude, of course, but it, dude. But I'm having the time of my life. I mean, that's what I love to do. It's just, you know, and, and that was so fun. Um, they, those guys didn't know who I was. I'm just like this kid from Iowa with all these Oklahoma boys fitting these steers. And then by the end of the day, we're all like best buds and we end up winning the steer show. And you're like, uh, OYE. Yeah, yeah, this is, I think, 20. What was the year before last? Uh, 2018. 2018. You know, a fella could get an education just listening to this guy. I mean, he really did put himself on the line. He really did. And that's hard for people to do. I know that's hard for me to do. I mean, cold calling people, that's, I absolutely despise that. If you guys recall from last week's episode with Kaylee Bontrager, we were talking about me being on the junior board and not really uh, doing a good job on making sponsorship calls. Well, that that was cold calling. I am I and I, I'm not comfortable with it. I I don't know why. I'm a, I'm I'm very social. I'm a social butterfly. I think, but cold calling just because I know if I would get cold called, I I don't know. I I just I don't think I would like it. So I'm just imagining me being in the shoes of these people that I'm calling. It's hard to envision, but Sam is just cold calling people, trying to figure out a place to a place to work and a place to stay, and that takes a lot of guts. I mean, think about what you guys would do if if you were kind of just right out of school, didn't really know what you were gonna do. So somebody gives you a phone number, like yeah, call this guy and he'll kind of help you out. Just think about that. I mean. Not everybody would react to it as Sam did. Sam Burmeister picked up the phone, dialed the number, said, whatever. I mean, I got to figure this out. Let's do it. And I think that's commendable. And what does he do? He call, He makes a phone call. And I mean, they don't have a job for him right then, but they've got a job at OIE for him if he can fit. And he can. And then that steer ends up winning the show, the steer show at OIE. And I, I, I'm assuming that everybody listening knows the caliber of livestock that's at OIE. But for those of you that don't, oh gosh, I don't even, I don't know how to explain the quality of livestock at OIE. I mean, just think of Oklahoma. They're, 
there's so many breeders and livestock producers in that state alone that are that are raising high quality livestock and just imagine the youth of that state the best of the youth of that state coming together at the end of their show season and competing for it all and he was fortunate enough to uh to fit a, I think it was a back leg or, or, or front leg or something like that on that steer, and then, and then ended up getting a phone call back for the next year, and then they want he he worked on the champion steer that year. That doesn't happen often, guys. And for those of you that are listening, that are thinking about, um, being a fitter for your whole life, it usually doesn't work like this. <laughs> Sam's kind of an odd case and but that's what I that's what I really like about him. And that's what gets me excited about him is because we need more of that. We need more people that are just willing to go out there and do it. Just send it. I mean to to quote Larry Enticer, you just got to send it. And that's what that's literally how Sam lives his life. He just sends it. And I appreciate the hell out of that. Let's talk about some of the other good parts about Sam because not only does he send it but he also tries to diversify his talents I mean we talked about it a lot on the episode but this man is an artist he's an artist and I know he doesn't like it but he's just gonna have to deal with it yeah, I, don't, I guess I don't really call it. I just, I just sketch. You just, I just play around, dude. But like, it's, it's just, it's yeah. I mean, stuff. it's scribbles. It's just scribbles. But I like, uh, I like kind of uh, putting in, you know, important details and and making it look, you know, right, and then uh, making it look kind of ragged and sketchy and shit like that. And that's kind of what I like doing. I just, it's fun to me. It's just something I like doing. It's a pastime I've always had. If you guys haven't seen his, his, uh, drawings, his sketch art, his videos that he makes, please check him out. I, I mean, you can go on Showtime's, uh, their Facebook page posted one. I, I'm sure he has one on his Facebook page. And then I wanted to plug his, uh, um, his Snapchat, uh, really quick, uh, and his, and his Twitter. So his Twitter, if you want to look at, uh, if you want to look at his drawings or his cool uh, videos that he makes that he edits that are really cool, or if you just want to read his uh, song lyrics, because literally that's all it is, guys. And let me just take a moment to tell you guys about this. He said that on the episode, and now that I've now that he said that, I've been looking at every. Uh, I mean, his tweets come across my timeline. They're just lyrics. This man has no, like, he he doesn't tweet anything that's like wild, but he'll tweet a lyric. And get like 50 retweets and 250 likes on it. Which is cool. I mean, whatever. I'm jealous, but it's fine. <laughs> but his <laughs> his Twitter is at BamsterMeister. Uh, figure out how to spell that. <laughs> and then his Snapchat is like a Sir Meister. And uh, that Snapchat deal is funny, right? I mean, that you can't change your username. I think it's I think it's pretty hilarious, but... This man is a great artist. He's getting some recognition from uh, from Showtimes. I know the first day I talked to him, he was saying that he just had to write an article about himself or, or an expose about himself. And he said that that was the hardest thing that he had to do so far. Now, why is that? It's hard to like, it's hard to talk good about, 
talk like up yourself up a little bit. Hype yourself up. That's what I meant. Remember, unedited, guys. <laughs> but it's hard to hype yourself up and brag about yourself. I know that's one of the challenges that I have interviewing people is getting them to kind of brag about themselves. But that's that's the good part of the interview when these when when people are getting passionate about what they're passionate about and they're kind of bragging on what they've been doing in their field, that's when the episode, that's when the interview gets interesting. And I just think Sam is so passionate about so many things. I mean, art, music, uh, the cattle industry, the ag industry in general. I think his message that he puts out about just living life and and not focusing too much on the formalities, I guess I should call it, just the formalities of life and, and everything that society and culture tells you you have to do. Sam's throwing that out the window. I mean, remember, guys, he he left junior college his sophomore year. And I, I, I'm not trying to, like, be mean to Sam, but, I mean, he doesn't have a college degree. Uh, and then he didn't really, I mean, he had a couple jobs that right out of college, but he didn't really have anything definite. And he put himself on the line and, and look and look what he's doing. I mean, he's not living the life that everybody wants to live, but he's living the life that he wants to live. And I'm not saying go out and drop out of junior college or drop out of college. Don't listen to me. I know no, none of you would. <laughs> like you're not you're not taking my stuff, uh, my philosophical talk to heart. But it's wild, kind of the attitude that he's had going out of junior college and then just being like, you know what, whatever, let's let's just do it. I I think it's fantastic. Um, one thing I wanted to, uh, a couple of things I wanted to point out was I sounded like a a damn salesman for Twitter and Texas country over this callback episode, I guess, and the interview. And I stand by it. <laughs> I stand by them both. I love Twitter. Uh, if you guys don't have Twitter, I highly recommend it. And some of you are like, why does he talk about Twitter so much? It is hilarious. If you guys, I mean, there's a lot of negative, a negative negativity on it. Unedited. Remember, there's a lot of negativity on it. But it's also the place and the social media platform that I find most of my humor. I mean, you go to Facebook and there's like cooking videos and life hacks. But you go to Twitter and there's memes and funny videos and and just a cornucopia of laughter is found on Twitter. And I think Sam would have to agree. And then uh, I just love that he, uh, he used a hangover reference. I, I absolutely love that. I think it's uh, absolutely outstanding. We made a couple references that uh, might have went over your head, um, but I definitely caught him, and I know a couple other people caught him, and I thought that was absolutely funny. I thought Sam and I clicked uh, from the get-go. I've had a lot of people ask me if I knew him before. Guys, I just DM'd Sam on Twitter one day, and I was like, hey, man, I think you'd be awesome to have on the podcast. He's like, all right, let's do it. That's how easy it is. That's how easy it is. And you and I think you guys loved it. I mean, f- from the downloads and from all the texts that Sam has been, been receiving and, and from what everybody's saying, I, I'm glad you guys liked it because I honestly didn't know if you would. I, I was listening to it back and editing it, and I didn't know if everybody was going to like this because we were just laughing and giggling and talking about Twitter, <laughs> basically, for all of it. But 
Uh, I'm glad that you guys got a kick out of it. And I wanted I wanted to end this episode. I told you guys that there was going to be a special guest. And I wanted to end this episode uh, with my roommate, uh, Joseph Fickett, who judged at uh, Butler Community College. I just wanted to I want to bring him in and I want to talk about the importance of junior college for livestock judging. Well, junior college in general. I mean, junior college is just a great atmosphere to to kind of set yourself up for senior college. Set yourself up for the big time. Go to junior college. Spend two years there. Learn the social aspect of college, uh, and then go from there. But I wanted I want to bring him in, and we're going to talk about all the good and bad parts of uh, of junior college livestock judging because that was a that was kind of a key component in the conversation with Sam and I. So, hope you guys enjoy it. For a while after there, I was like, oh, man, was this the right place to go to? Um, I think it was. I mean, the people I've met, uh, my roommates in junior college, like, I still talk to them every of course. single day. Like, every, honest to God, like, every single day I'm still talking. Those are the best friends I've ever made. Those teammates that I had, um, you know, I, that, was, that was worth it to me. Now, this could take quite a bit of time. Are you going to do it? Are you going to be okay? Yeah. You promise? Yeah. You're going to be okay? Yes. All right. Welcome back, folks. And uh, this is the show with Cannon Brown, the callback episode. Uh, I know you know that because we just had a little break. I'm going to put in like a movie clip. So it's not like you were away for a long time. Uh, but this is the part of the episode where uh, I have a special guest on. I mentioned last uh, episode with the actual interview that I was going to have a special guest on, and my special guest is none other than uh, Mr. Joseph Fickett. Say hi to everybody, Joseph. Howdy, folks. Joseph is uh, my good friend, my roommate, my little, my brother in the fraternity of AGR. Um, Hoorah. (laughs) And uh, it's pretty convenient to have him as a roommate and have him on the podcast because he he uh, also judged collegiately. He judged at uh, Butler Community College, which is a great, great junior college if you're looking for livestock judging. They have a very successful track record, and they've been really hot for like the past four or five years, maybe even six years. They've been really good. So I brought Joseph on here to talk about uh, his experience and why he kind of picked Joseph because I'm, I don't really want to talk about it. You guys hear me talk all the time. Let's let's listen to Joseph. So uh Without further ado, Mr. Joseph Fickett. <laughs> well, hi, guys, and uh, thank you, Cannon, for having me on. <clears throat> Certainly a pleasure to make the little trek of 10 steps over to your room. Um, yeah, so I judged at Butler Community College from 2016 to 2018, and I have to say it was uh, an experience that was second to none. It was absolutely fantastic. I thoroughly enjoyed my time while I was there, and uh, starting, I guess, from the beginning, from where you know everybody's junior college experience starts would be uh, during my visit, and I think from my visit, you could tell early on that that was going to be the choice for me, and I uh, I only had to visit one school because I knew after my visit at Butler, I remember sitting in the truck with my dad and looking at him and just saying, this is it. This is where I want to spend my two years. This is where I want to, you know, judge. And this is, this is just home for me. And, you know, I think everybody gets that feeling that judges in junior college, it, it just, 
you go and visit and wherever you feel at home is where you go. And so that, that started the Butler that started going to Butler and just getting that experience and making the trek to El Dorado, Kansas. And I was certainly scared when I started out. And I think everybody is when they start their college experience as you move away from home and, you know, you get your first little taste of independence and, you know, sometimes you tend to go a little wild and, uh, you know, at Butler, we definitely, we definitely had our fun times and got, got our study nights in for sure. And, you know, had our fun here and there. But, uh, one thing that I really liked about Butler was it was, it was a lot of fun, but at the same time, everybody's heads were always screwed on straight and everybody always knew that at the end of the day, we were there to judge and that judging was our first priority next to school. And so the fun had to wait until after school and judging were taken care of. But um, my freshman year, I was there was uh, underneath the Elite Eight, which was the team with uh, P.D. Miller and Haley Stark and Hannah Frobos and all of them. And uh, shout outs to all of them. Yeah. And um, it was a very... A very awesome group to get to sit back and just watch and kind of listen to their reasons and have them listen to us and have them, you know, to learn off of them. And I think that's one thing that's very unique about Butler and any junior college, I think, does this is the freshmen always learn off those sophomores. And it's always fun to get to sit down and talk stock with somebody that you've you know, shows a species that you don't really show. And I think, uh, you know, I was roommates with P.D. Miller, and uh, it was awesome to just get to sit down and just listen to him talk about cattle and listen to him talk about, you know, how they do it back home and everything like that. And, you know, being a kid that's mostly sheep and goat background, it was definitely fun to get to sit and listen to them talk about that. And, um, but the coaches that were there that year was uh, Marcus Arnold was the head coach and Taylor Frank was the assistant coach and a very awesome duo. I really enjoyed getting to learn off of both of them. Marcus Arnold was very, very intelligent. He was a really great stockman and that was always his number one thing is that, you know, if as long as we graduated from Butler, knowing that we were better stockmen than when we started, that was always a success to Marcus. And I attribute a lot of, the stockman logic that I got to Marcus and his classes and um, Taylor Frank would later that next year, my sophomore year take over as head coach. And I mean, didn't miss a beat just off the bat. He was awesome. He just filled those shoes perfectly. And uh, I have to attribute a lot of our success or sophomore year to, you know, Taylor Frank. And I think you can see that even as that team that just came out of Butler, you know, they had a lot of success and that was, you know, Taylor Frank's first team that he actually coached by himself. And I mean, he's done a fantastic job there at Butler. I definitely recommend his, him, him and his program any day is absolutely fantastic. And I mean, you can't find any more, anybody more intelligent than him. And in the reasons room, he's just so unique. He doesn't try to build you into his mold and reasons. He's always, let's build off of what you have. Let's build off of your style. And it was just so amazing to get to, you know, learn off of him my sophomore year completely and to get to play off of him also my freshman year. I mean, just a great guy all around. Just awesome experience getting to judge there at Butler. And, uh, you know, the teams that I was with, my the sophomore team when I was a freshman and the freshman team when I was a sophomore, they were all great kids, and I really enjoyed the experience of getting to 
know and meet all these different people from different backgrounds and different parts of the country and they all show different animals and different species and things it was just it was awesome to get to know all those kids and to um not even just get to know them but also get to know the people that were running the same year we were you know from redlands and connors and um other judging colleges it was it was awesome to get to go hang out with them and you know certainly made a few trips down to neo and you know all those places to get to go hang out with them and yeah it was just it's such a great experience to judge in junior college and to get to have those two years and i know a lot of people get hard on junior college and say the education isn't quite up to pars to what you know university is but i think for some of us kids that come from rural background and come from small towns like i did where my graduating class was only 11 students i think that it was an awesome transitional phase we got to go from you know only 11 students in my class to all of a sudden we got 30 in my class and the professors still were very knowledgeable in their areas they knew what they were talking about and um I think they prepared us well for senior college and it just made a great transition. So highly recommend it for the education as well. Um, you know, for anybody that's looking to go, yes, you have plenty of fun. It's a good time. And some of my greatest memories come from being just on the road and getting into those vans. I know that we would just crack jokes all day and we played games for thousands of miles. We'd just play games and games and uh, as long with working up sets and getting, you know, ready for that contest that we were on the road for. But uh, just a great experience altogether. And I certainly appreciated being given the opportunity to call Eldorado, Kansas home for two years. Well, guys, I, uh, I certainly didn't expect Joseph to talk about Eldorado, Kansas and Butler that long. Uh, but I, I couldn't stop him. I mean... You guys heard heard how passionate he was about that school and that town and like the atmosphere uh, that he was involved with in junior college, and I think that's how it should be for anybody going to junior college because I know that's how I feel about it. I mean, I look back on my junior college experience, and I, I mean, do I have some regrets? Yeah, but did I have an overall good experience, and did I meet probably my best friends ever? Definitely, one hundred percent. And uh, that's, I mean, you basically summed it all up right there, what junior college is. And we're not trying to sell you on any particular junior college, obviously. I mean, we're not trying to sell you on Butler. I'm not trying to sell you on Casper. But look into these schools, and, and if, you're in, if you like judging, if you like um, collegiate, or if you like competitive judging, look into collegiate judging because uh, you won't be disappointed. Anything else? Just go visit everywhere you can. Go visit everywhere you can. That's what Joseph has to say. All right, guys. I will talk to you guys on Thursday. I've got a great episode for you guys, an Arizona native. So get ready for it. All right. I'll talk to you guys later. Love you. Bye.